Are you all ready to be empowered, inspired, and uplifted? Well, that's what you're going to get from this episode, because I'm going to be talking to a phenomenal woman, Miss Zakira Nayar Muhammad, and her story is just absolutely amazing, okay? So you all stay tuned, and of course, please do not forget to have your notebooks, pens, or pencils ready, because Nuggets is going to be dropped all through this episode. All right, stay tuned. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Real Reading Talk. I am your most gracious host, Ms. Sasha, and with Real Reading Talk, we discuss the real systemic issues that are at the very core, the very foundation as to why there are low levels of literacy in the Black community and the ways in which we can combat these issues together. All right, everyone, and of course, for those of you who have been rocking with me, you know that I said for season three that I was dedicating this season to make sure as much as I possibly can get as many authors on here in particular, Black authors, all right, to come on and talk about their story, their journey, um, their their reading uh, journey in terms of how they grew up in a household, whether it was reading or not, all of those different things. I wanted them to be able to share that with you all. And so I've been right on track with doing that because today I have a phenomenal guest. Her story is just, just so amazing, you all. And her name is Sister Zakira Muhammad. And she is a creative strategist and brand consultant. And let's put on there an author as well, okay? I told y'all, I was coming through y'all. I mean, just so amazing. And I'm just so honored to be able to have her as a guest on my show, Real Reading Talk. So I'm gonna go ahead and let her come on in and tell you all about who she is. So everybody, welcome. Yay, Sister Zakara. <laughs> Welcome, beautiful. Yes. Yes. Thank you? You. I'm good. I'm I'm happy to be here. <laughs> that is so awesome. Well, I'm definitely happy to have you here. And I'm glad that the audience is going to be able to learn about who you are. And just to be clear, y'all, we know we did not meet in person. Okay. We met in the not yet that's right not yet okay we met in them internet streets you know what i'm saying the, the, the social media streets okay so we got connected and everything and i was actually checking her out because when i was looking up different podcasts and i saw hers i was like wow and then she was talking about how many matter of fact how, tell everybody how many downloads tell everybody the name of your podcast real quick and then how many downloads you got Brad, okay. Brad <laughs> yeah i'll start right there but yeah we can add the title podcaster as well um i feel like my purpose was born to be a storyteller by any means so uh i have a podcast um also based off of the name of my book the podcast is called see life different and yeah there goes the book the book is called <laughs> seeing life through a different lens and i've been podcasting for march 2023 makes four years and 100 episodes. Uh, in March 2023, we will reach 100 episodes. We're going to celebrate in person because that's a feat. Yes! <laughs> that is a feat. Yes, 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 mm -hmm. yes. So it's about everything. It's about womanhood. It's about sisterhood. It's about adversity. It's about faith. 
it's about entrepreneurship, it's about creativity. So all the realms for any uh, marginalized women, predominantly that's who listen, the moms who need that escape, um, that's what the podcast is for, empowers you to hear things differently, see life differently, and literally mm. live life differently. Yes, yes, indeed, y'all. So I, I just, I had to had to have y'all hear, you know, her tell you all about the podcast because I was just like, when I looked, I said, wow, man, I'm just so proud of this sister right here. So now we're going to go back a little bit. So we are going to find out about Zakira's background. Tell everybody about where you're from and your family and, and you know, all, all that good stuff we need to know about you. Yes. Well, I am Zakira and my name is Arabic for the hereafter, the afterlife. And um, I love to call myself an East Coaster because I'm from all up and down the East Coast. But the hospital that I was born in was previously named Broward General. And I think right now it's just named Broward Hospital or General Hospital. I don't know, you know, gentrification. But Florida girl by um, by birth and um, country girl also by by nationality as well. My dad is from Tennessee, my mom from New York, and they decided to have a change of scenery and, and birth me in Florida. <laughs> um, I have siblings from Atlanta, Georgia, and my my other siblings are also from Ohio, uh, Columbus, Ohio. So from oh, everywhere. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. a couple hours yeah. away from, from me, Cleveland. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's pretty much how we got started. I think being the youngest um of a blended family and mm. uh, so in spirituality as well. Just um, I am the ch- child, the child of the product of of reverting to Islam from Christianity and um in in the that that era of the civil rights area as well of everyone really just wanted to really explore something different. We need something different, you know? It's, 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 that, it's that fight for freedom. So I'm a product of that. Um, also, another little known fact is I am a descendant of Frederick Douglass on my mother's side. What? I am. Okay, y'all. <laughs> Come on. Did I hit the jackpot, y'all? <laughs> listen. Listen. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Oh, my goodness. Once you learn to read, you will be forever. Forever, ever, forever, ever. Okay, why are you about to like start making some tears come in my eyes already? That's what I do. (laughs) Sakira, oh my goodness. Oh Mm -hmm. my gosh. I this right here, okay. This is about to be a heartfelt conversation for real, y'all. I mean, she really, y'all, and for those, y'all already know. I mean, how dope is this, right? Real reading talk. That's my, um, what, what do you call it? You know, your signature, you know, when you send emails, whatever, you have like your little quotes or whatever. Yeah, quote. That's, yeah, I have my quote. That's the quote I got. You know, when I send my emails, once you learn to read, you will be forever free. That's on my t-shirts, okay, mm-hmm. that I sell, all right, from on my store, Reading is Freedom. I'm, I mean, it. okay. All right, <laughs> go ahead, please, you know. Yeah. How, how did, okay, so when did, how did you... When, when did you find that out? You know what I'm saying? When did you all, you know, when did your mom tell you, you know what I'm saying? Hey, this is your descendant. Like, have you all been to family reunions, you know, where you saw, you know, other, you know, family members who are descendants? Yeah. So okay. It's a little bit of both. Um, okay. So I found out though was um, my mom, I did literally grow up understanding fully that, you know, once you learn to read, 
you'll be forever free and that knowledge is power because um, my mom was a librarian for a good uh, few years of my childhood so one <laughs> one of those um, uh, one of the libraries that she worked at was the African American Research Library and Cultural Center. She was in the research department and came across the family tree um, that was from our family reunion, um, which where the descendants, not Douglas, but further down to Bailey. Before it was Douglas, it's the Bailey family. So mm. Bailey, and then they intermarried into the Catherine family. So that's my line. And so she actually was able to show me the actual family tree when she was working at the library but she knew this because she grew up um you know going to um from new york to philly all the time for family reunions um so she knew this and she just was able to show me and so for me i was um seven years old i believe when i saw this and of course that's 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 that age where that's the trajectory of your life and um although uh, i was always looking at the family tree like where am i but i believed it because i saw my mom and my auntie so that's where it stopped <laughs> So that's why I knew it's like, okay, it's up to me to continue this. But nice. yeah, I was seven when I found that out. My mom was also a librarian around that time for age two. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've been, I grew up around libraries. And, um, you know, before I could learn to read, my mom was reading to me um, all kinds of books, especially the holy book. And um, yeah, that's it. I've literally grown up around books. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. I can... I mean, this right here, this is this is just so special, you know, because, you know, of course, from the fact that, I mean, you're a descendant of Frederick Douglass. I mean, come on, y'all. This is just like sweet. And then, you know what I had just learned, actually, which I'm quite sure you already know, with the uh, last name Bailey, you know about the whole significance with that, right? So go ahead and speak it out in case anybody else Okay, right, right, okay. So <laughs> I just found this out, and I'm going to uh, give a shout-out because, um, Actually, it was Dr. Bilal Ware. Um, he's a, you know, renowned um, professor of, you know, African-American studies and all of those things and um, Islamic studies. But with uh, Bailey, the last name, so if anybody has the last name Bailey, actually, it is said that it is originally Bilali, uh, mm -hmm. which is the, you know, Islamic, everybody heard, you know, well, I'm not saying everybody, most people heard the name Bilal. All right. That's a, usually a popular name that you may hear, especially in the black community. But Bilal uh, comes from Bilali. OK, and so these were Muslims. So usually, like, of course, our enslaved ancestors, a lot of them who were taken, they were taken from West Africa. And a lot of those Africans, they were Muslim. All right. Mm -hmm. And so you have when you hear somebody who has the last name Bailey, that is that's really a form of Bilali. All right. Mm -hmm. So it, it was basically said that more than likely Frederick Douglass, he came, you know, his family, because that was through his mother's, you know, name, you know, mm -hmm. came from, you know, an Islamic background. So when I heard that, of course, being an African-American Muslim woman, that's empowering. Right. That whole identification piece, you know, the representation piece that is very important. So just wanted to, to say that. So that that's very dope, man. And then the fact, though, just how your mom, a librarian, it was like a no-brainer. Hello, Zakira was was going to grow up in a household full of readers. I mean, can you please tell us about those, uh, any special moments you remember uh, when your mom, your mom read aloud to you, you already said that. So can you give us any special times that you remember uh, when she was reading aloud uh, to you? Yeah, I think, um, 
So for me, you know, of course, as a child, there's some books that spark my interest and some books that bore me. But as I get older, I'm like, oh, I'm glad she read that book to me. <laughs> but for right. me, I've always been a world traveler. So um, the books, she was, she's big on um, James Baldwin, Alice Walker, Joe mm. um, Hurston. So for me, I would, my, my ears, you know, my heart of hearing ears, I could so uh, throw that in and say that I'm also a childhood uh, eye cancer survivor and as a result of the radiation treatment I lost my hearing a little bit but I can still lip read and, and you know I've been able to bless to protect my ear that's far to still be able to hear uh, slightly without hearing aid but mainly with hearing aid but anyway like say all that to say even when my mom was reading to me the parts where uh, uh, James Baldwin, Alice Walker, during the Hurston, for example, were traveling, I was always like, oh, they were going places beyond the United States. I wonder what that looks like. So for me, I was always fascinated um, with Africa. So once I knew about it, what it was, where it was, and, and the fact that we actually did come from there long, long time ago, um, those were the types of books slash magazines slash essays that fascinated me the most. Mm. That is amazing. And and I just love, I mean, I'm just like, just so in awe of you because those are the types of experiences that um, I truly want for our Black families in particular because of just what you said. It's like being immersed in that literacy culture, that literacy space. What people have to understand is that that is a part of our history. You talked about how you loved Africa. Well, we know uh, that that was a place in which where you had Timbuktu it, it was one of the places that wasn't the only place okay where you can you know have that seed of knowledge but that was a well-known you know place where that was the first university Sankore University uh, which is in Timbuktu western part of Africa once again um, in which books were worth more than gold okay so you're talking about we come from a history of literacy we come from a history of you know, making sure that we place high value, high importance on reading, storytelling, all of those different types of things. So, and that's, you know, inshallah, God willing, that's one of the goals in which I want to see happen for our community. We got to get back to that. It's like here, we got to get back to that. And that's, and that's why one of the reasons why I got you here, because you're going to help us do this, because you're going to be giving us some, some tips and tools and all of that. Mm. But what I want to do, I want to go ahead and get, go into, because since uh, when you have brought up the fact of you being a cancer survivor. And I'm glad, and of course, we was going to talk about that. And I'm glad you brought it in uh, because I, I want the people to hear about your amazing story in terms of you being a cancer survivor and uh, what type of cancer um, that you were diagnosed with. So if you would please uh, share that story with us. Yes. So I'll first start with uh, kudos to my mom as well for still believing in the power of knowledge and, and the power of books. Um, so I was diagnosed officially at six months old with a rare childhood eye cancer called retinoblastoma. Um, and it technology back then was not as great as it is now. So historically, the survival rate uh, was, uh, sorry, the survival rate up to the age of five was 95%. Um, now it's, it's a bit better. You know, I've been able to meet people that are my age, um, that we, we all just can now bond over survivorship. Um, so my mom first saw a white glow instead of the red glow. If you remember back in the day of the, if you have a flash that goes off on the photograph, you see red eyes, but instead it was a white eye. And so, you know, this was the days of Kodak where you had to wait, 
uh, go to the grocery store or the, or the convenience store and wait for the picture to come out. So it was 99% accurate. So she knew that something was wrong because she would look at the photo. First, she said she saw, you know, in, in sunny South Florida, the sunlight is on me, uh, on my people. So she saw it then. But of course, it's just the blink. And I look away and I do what I do. I'm a newborn, right? So then she took a photograph of it. And then that's when she saw the poop of, oh, there is a white glow in my daughter's right eye. What is that? First, she took it around to um, her co-workers, and then I did have a pediatrician at that time, and by the time it went time, it was time for, I believe, at first, my three-month checkup, and the pediatrician was like, oh, don't worry about it. It's nothing. But the power of knowledge, she's like, no, 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 this is not nothing. And so she then, um, it took some time, and it took some research as well, but she then was able to get a second opinion, and shortly after that second opinion, I was able to have enucleation, the removal of my right eye. We went to a specialist who specialized in specifically retinoblastoma in childhood eye cancers and um, got my right eye surgically removed. So I was nine months old. Uh, and I have been a eye cancer survivor since I was nine months old. Wow. Oh my God. Okay. When your mom went to that mom's gut, that intuition and was like, nah, I'm not going for that. I'm you. You're not gonna tell me. I know. I mean, that just get that gave me chills because that right there, that's that sense. And you know, of course, my mother's out there. Y'all know. Please, it's a reason why God put that in us. Okay. So when you got that little feeling, you know, and or you, you know, you like you got a little hunch, a little sense. Go on that. I mean, your mom is amazing. Your mom, I mean, hero, advocate, empowering woman, all of that stuff. Oh my goodness, man. I mean, she did not go for the whole, no, nah, she knew. I mean, for her to just be in tune like that, even with the picture and just noticing that, I mean, I just pray that again, that, you know, mothers out there, especially if you're a new mom, pay attention, you know, please pay attention. Don't feel it. It's okay. If you are, you know what I'm saying? You acting a little bit too scary or whatever the case It's like, Hey, listen, I'm glad that your mom was being overly cautious. And then she took it a step further. She said, no, she said, I'm going to get a second opinion. I mean, that right there is just, you know, that is, it's just something it's, that's it's in awe. I mean, you know what I'm saying? That's really the word that comes to my mind. I'm just like, I appreciate your mom. You know what I'm saying? I haven't met her. She, she's dope. Tell her she dope. Please let her make sure she's hearing this. You know what I'm saying? She listens to this podcast because I'm just like, wow. And so, you know, you also, I remember you mentioning though too, in terms of with you being partially deaf as well, correct? Now, can you sure. explain to us, you know, why, why is that? How did the, you know, how did that occur? Yes. So now fast forward, I'm okay. now, um, uh, three years old, and we had left Florida, but we moved to Tennessee because uh, that's where my dad's from, right? So okay. one, why did I get a, a change of change of environment, be around family, change of uh, location, and just see what it's like if we can get different medical care? But while you know I'm with family, you know we had my my dad's side of family had family get-togethers, my mom's side of family had family reunions, right? Okay. So there's a big difference. So at the get-together. I'm enjoying the music, but, um, you know, I'm, remember, I'm three years old. I'm running around with my, my big cousin, yeah. but I love music so much also that uh, she one day found music kind of goes too close to one of the speakers. 
And so she was like, you know, trying to tell me to back up away from the speaker. So, you know, my hair doesn't blow out. But she said that at that time, I had already said, I can't hear it. I'm, I want to hear the music. I can't hear the music. So that drove her to then get me a hearing test. And through that hearing test, um, she was able to discover that I had already started to have a mild hearing loss in both of my ears. And I was able to get tested for hearing aids. Um, however, that, that also didn't come easy as well. She had to, she, she wanted to know why, who, what, when, where, how, and why. So yeah. as time went on, it was a result of one of the radiation treatments that I got. She had choices too as far as what kind of treatment I was able mm -hmm. to get. Um, uh, you know, to recover from the uh, surgery. So of course I could have done, I could have done chemotherapy, but instead it was radiation. And nowadays there's another treatment that people use called give me cryotherapy, where it kind of like ice away the tumor as well. Oh, so okay. yeah, there's lots of options now to really heal tumors, but at the time the choice was radiation. And so that was one of the side effects. So the, the hearing loss was one of the side effects. Okay. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness, man. I mean, yeah. and I'm just, you know, all of this stuff is just like so amazing to hear because, you know, number one, I think I'm thinking about all of the things that you've accomplished, you know, you being an author, creative strategist, brand consultant, podcaster. I know I know some other some other hijabs <laughs> that you're wearing. OK, that, you know, you definitely are going to share with us and it just goes to show you, you know, that, and I was just actually in speaking of the book and I was reading about, you know, your mom, you know, and she, you know, in terms of her uh, journal interest is just saying how, of a, you know, strong, you know, you've always been strong, you know what I'm saying? Always been a fighter. And I'm like, and this is what I'm talking about right here. So it just literally just goes to show you that, you know, folks ain't got no excuses. I mean, you know, people can say, you know, all day long, you know, well, this happened to me or whatever the case. And again, I'm not negating, you know, of course, everybody has struggles, but at the same time, we just have to tap into that greatness. And what I'm also hearing from you is that the support from your family, your mother and your father, you know, being there advocating for you. Uh, can you just please just tell everybody how important that is? And especially to even when it comes to building that foundation of reading, how crucial it is to have that family support. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And um, that's, I think that's, that's often the, the missing key that it was both of my parents. You know, when, when my mom was not strong, she could lean on my dad. Mm -hmm. um, and then when my dad was not strong, they would lean on each other, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's black love for you, you know, that they could do that. And um, that, that really did play a role first and foremost in having that strong foundation and even me being uh, the strong woman that I am today. My dad is also a, um, uh, educated, uh, he's educated, he's a military veteran, um, and he um, also chose to revert to Islam as well. And so one, he actually reverted after he was going to start theology studies and then uh he discovered islam when he went to go visit family for the summer in ohio and it's like no i think i'm gravitating towards islam so um between his his military um journey as well i got another book um <laughs> we, we got authors in the, in the family now so there's another book called uh at their feet it was actually just published uh december or, or november 2022 it's an okay. anthology by zarina lme and so my dad's in here um, uh, Abdul Hadi Muhammad L. Um, so his story's in there as well. But 
I come from Liddy, Liddy, you know, uh, uh, Cherokee, Native American on his side as well. So strength uh, through and through. And so um, I think to answer the question when it comes to reading, I think w one of my fondest memories is um, I think maybe I was probably about five o'clock, five, five o'clock, it's, it's five o'clock, but five uh, years old. Mm -hmm. um, and I would always see my dad just with a newspaper, like like clockwork every Sunday, mm -hmm. he would have that mm -hmm. newspaper. So, you know, I'm, I'm over here just admiring the photographic view of my dad and his glasses and coffee in the newspaper. But, mm -hmm. you know, the older I get, the more I realized that once I was able to get the Sunday newspaper of my own before they went away, before it went digital, I um, it was you know, to stay up to date with the current time. And so that was, a, for me, that different level of uh, how important reading is when it comes to not just looking back at the history, but also being present to what's going on and also being prepared for the future as well. Mm. And I, and you know what, and seeing that right there is key because what you talked about is that modeling reading piece. And that's one of the things that's a missing component that's in our communities, in our families, in which our children are growing up in households where everybody got these, but a lot of times, you know, in their hands rather, but a lot of times, you know, you have uh, our young people, especially those who come from communities in which, you know, it's definitely severely economically depressed. Um, a lot of, you know, uh, abandoned buildings, a lot of just, you know, degradation around them. You know, you have, these are the children who typically wind up suffering when it comes to reading. And then if you got this in your hand and you're just scrolling and you're not reading, because yeah, you can have that phone in your hand and be reading. And that's- You can watch the podcast on your phone, but- <laughs> Exactly, exactly, right. You know what I'm saying? You know, so, but for you to go and, and, and to have that memory imprinted, you know, in your head, like, okay, my dad faithfully like clockwork was reading the newspaper. You know, and that's one of the things I remember with my dad actually as well. Now he wasn't, he, he would, you know, it wasn't like clockwork, you know what I'm saying? But I do remember, you know, him having those times where he would read the paper, whatever the case may be. Um, it wasn't a lot of book reading, you know, definitely in my home. And in, in fact, I didn't have that experience that you had in terms of, you know, my mom reading to me and all of those types of things, you know, because of the fact just, you know, growing up with parents who, Again, being a product of that environment of, okay, I got to hustle. I got to survive. My mom was a single mom. Okay. She only had me. However, it was a struggle. So it was always about, okay, I got to go to work. Okay. I got to make sure I pay the rent, get the food, get the clothes. You know what I'm saying? Got to make sure I have that. So who has time to have a book in mm -hmm. front of them, right? You know what I mean? So, but again, it is a mindset. Your parents made sure they were intentional. And that's the thing that I'm definitely, you know, getting from you. They were both, they were in sync. They were, they were intentional about making sure they developed that culture of literacy uh, in your home. And that is just phenomenal. What yeah. about- and, but speaking, of, speaking of intentional though, I think what makes yes. a difference is that one, I'm the youngest. <laughs> I'm the youngest of okay. siblings. Two, okay. um, this, is, this is one of, they were one of those generations that, wanted to make that shift they too came from that 
um, environment. Like my mom was a sibling of five in New York in one, you know, all the girls in one bed, the boy in one bedroom and, mm-hmm. and that's it, right? Okay. And then, then my dad, you know, he was raised by his grandma on a farm, right? So, you know, they come from the the most relatable struggles and so they were that generation that were like, okay, we have a, this miracle in our hand. Let's be intentional about being different. Wow. And see, and, I, and I'm glad that you said that because really that's the key with anything. That's what Zakira is, the mindset. That's, that's, I mean, really, and that's what I've been trying. And this is what I continue to try to get people to understand. It's about your mindset. If you have an intention to break generational curses, you know, cause that's one of my things that I, I'm intentional about doing, you know, I said, okay, look, you know, I'm not going to have my children grow up in a household where they are not seeing their mom reading. Okay. They have to see me, you know, putting reading first. They have to see me modeling reading. They have to, I want them to go to bed with bedtime stories. All right. You know, I I want to be able to change that, that negative trajectory that a lot of us grew up with in the African-American community and say, no, this is what we got to cut out. Some things, yeah, we keep, you know what I mean? That is healthy. That is something that is helping our families, but the things that is not healthy, no, we need to cut that out. You know what I'm saying? Big time. Mm -hmm. And so I'll just say right now though, my favorite bedtime story was good night moon. Ah! <laughs> oh my gosh wow 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 oh my goodness I actually it's funny I remember somebody a family member who was uh they said that was one of their uh favorite stories good night moon oh my goodness oh wow beautiful that that's yeah I'm quite sure a lot of y'all know about good night moon right that's a popular you know uh little bedtime story and um if, if you're not familiar with it please go and check it out real cute a uh, little story. So, wow, that's, that's what I'm talking about. And let, and speaking on the types of books. So in terms of was your mom, cause I know you talk about James Ball when she kept in her hands, Zora Neale Hurston and all of that. So was she reading from those books to you when you were younger? Like, would she be like reading excerpts or did she like try to get books that um like more children's books, you know, a lot of times that, that represented black characters, like what was the type of book she usually read to you? She was definitely one of those of rooting for everybody black, first and foremost, for sure. Come um, on, the bomb, secondly, okay. <laughs> but secondly, um, I think it really just with age came the different kinds of books um, or the different okay. formats of reading. Um, so, you know, I, I easily remember, you know, those authors because when I would be fascinated about what are you reading? Like, what are you interested in? Why are you so emotional over this book or that? So she would wow. tell me, she would read me excerpts. But it really just, just whatever um, I was interested in as I grew up, she kind of gravitated toward me. So the um, the doll, what was it called? The American um, Girl Dolls, when they had the whole shebang, the books, the dolls, the, you know, that that was, you know, uh, a thing okay. of when I was probably about seven to 13. And then mm-hmm. um, before I turned to 13, I was, it was the Highlight Magazine. Um, by the time I turned 13, it was chicken soup for soul. So no matter what, um, I grew with the reading. <laughs> like my, my, I literally growing up in a library. I my at that age, I in, um, my reading level increased as well. But I, honestly, because I, I was being read to at such a young age that I was gifted in language, gifted in English, <laughs> mm. gifted in reading at school. So um, it really just grew with wherever I was. 
um, in school and outside of school, but outside of school, it was literally everybody and everything black. <laughs> wow, that's 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 what's up. That's super dope. And I wanted to make a segue now and still in line with talking about reading, because as we know, writing is related to reading. Those who are great writers, they are definitely voracious readers. Because in order for your writing skills, writing skills to be on point, you know, you have to read a lot. And so now I want to segue into what made you get into writing your own book? Did you start with journal? Were you journaling a lot, you know, and then, you know, tell us about, you know, your idea for your book, seeing life through a different lens. Yes. So the book did start off with journaling. The writing experience did start off with journaling, at least for me. Um, uh-huh. So I actually, you know, was blessed to learn how to write cursive in kindergarten. So hey. yeah, I've been writing for a very long time. And also, mm-hmm. you know, because of, I think, all the uh, post-traumatic stress and trauma from the surgery, although I don't remember anything, like that's blocked out in my memory, yeah. it started to show as I started to become a school student and engaging with other children or lack up. <laughs> I would not engage. My mom would say the teachers would call her like, your daughter is not talking. Is she okay? And, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, my mom just started to gather that I just refused to use my voice. <laughs> I didn't want to engage. But that was actually one of the first tools um, after the camera first. I was introduced to a camera at the age of five. And then, of course, I uh, next was, you know, writing and then writing in cursive and then journal writing. So for me, it did start with journal writing. Um, mm-hmm. I also was in a lot of uh, the advanced placement um, program where they kind of had you writing and or typing a lot, a lot of essays, a lot of storytelling, a lot of what did you read over to someone give me that book report. Um, but my mom, yes, yeah, she journaled first and foremost. Um, she journaled throughout her pregnancy with me. Um, and then, of course, when she was going through everything that she was going through as the parent of a uh, cancer survivor. Yeah. So the books then also came in as, that's pretty much what it is, journal and she. It's almost like conversation like you and I, but my mom shares her story, I share my story, she shares her story, I share my story. So it's both journal excerpts um, compiled also from uh, 18 to I think that book came out when I was about 27. So yeah, it's just journal entries and conversations that led to that specific book. But yeah, like you said, it really did start with writing. And for me, it started with writing and journaling at a very young age. Wow, that that is super dope. And I mean, I and, and hopefully, um, again, I tell, I usually remind my listeners to make sure they have a notebook and something to write with when they're listening, because I have people on here dropping jewels and nuggets, okay? They're being dropped all of the time. And one of the things that you brought up that's so key is by you journaling, obviously, when somebody's journaling, did you always have a notebook and pencil? Like you always pretty much kind of kept a notebook with you and, and pen or pencil? Uh, like yeah. When you go to, okay. Okay. Yeah, it, like whenever we would, for example, we would uh, we were living in Tampa, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I I think the one time we were not going back and forth between school, trying to stay close to the best medical care, we I did like all of my middle school in Tampa, Florida. Mm-hmm. But in order to go stay stay with the doctor that is the good doctor, stay with the doctor that discovered the diagnosis, we would take train trips or 
road trips to Miami, Florida. So those that was always an essential part of my backpack. Yes, I need my toiletries and my clothes, but I need a notebook and a pen and pencil too. <laughs> yes. Oh wow. And that and that's something I literally I just um did a workshop. Um we was uh it was another lady, she actually set it up. Uh, shout out to Miss Ladosha Wright. She actually was a guest on my podcast as well. She's an author and she owns a hair salon, an educator on hair. And, um, and one of the things that we did, we were talking to a group of women um, at the YWCA and the series was about uh, coping and, um, you know, what things you can do, healthy ways to cope. And so I talked to them about reading and writing. And one of the things that I made sure that I told them, I said, as much as you possibly can, keep a notebook and something to write with you, you know, it, for anything. It could be, you know, maybe a feeling that you got about something you want to write down. It could be an idea, a business idea. You know, we think about a lot of stuff, right? You always, you know, you got so many different thoughts going across your head. And a lot of those thoughts could be the one that's going to help you write your book, <laughs> start your business. Okay, you know, whatever it, it may be. And so you want to be prepared. So I'm, I mean, you, you're schooling us, Zakir, just, just so you know, you know what I'm saying? You are definitely schooling us. I want to, uh, I want you to talk a little bit, because um, I know we're definitely coming up on time. I'm, you def I know you got stuff to do and everything, busy lady. I want you to tell us, though, in terms of with the book, what was there any hard parts uh, for you, uh, emotional parts for you in writing this book? Um, you know, give, give us uh, your feelings in terms of your journey in writing, writing the, your book. Yeah, you know, um, the, first, first, the first thing that comes to mind is one of the best reviews that I got, um, one of the best Amazon reviews that I got for the book, Seeing Life Through a Different Lens, mm -hmm. is that um, it was an author who who claimed to never or rarely read nonfiction. He wants to know how to get it done, right? But what he said was what kind of struck him to keep him reading and engaged in the book was really how it was a how to see life more positively. Mm. So um, going with that, yes, there were lots of um, uh, stories that it, it actually, this book for my mom, it took 18 years to produce. For me, it took an additional three years <laughs> because it was that hard. It was like, well, am I ready to relive any of that? Mm -hmm. um, and But also one of the experiences that I also learned is that uh, there were some chapters that I was still living before I, the book even published. So that too, where it's like, okay, how do you, like you said, have all your coping methods, all of it, all of the healthy ones, and still just, you know, remember your why, remember your purpose, that this story is, is not about me although it is about me it's, yeah. it's really about you know we and it's really about how to really overcome that any any level of adversity so there are tons of them in every chapter of life from the childhood to um teenager to young adult so plenty of them so it's definitely a roller coaster of a book but that's what makes a good book exactly that's what i'm talking about i mean and to keep in line with, I know you talked about in terms of the uh, person who gave that review. So let me ask you, is that the takeaway or one of the takeaways that you would say you want people to uh, have after reading your book, uh, having more of a positive outlook? And then, of course, you know, with that, is there anything else you want people to take away from reading your book? Absolutely. Yes. One of the uh, takeaways is definitely... Uh, it will definitely be that book for you to shift your outlook on life and 
um, to operate in the strongest sense of gratitude. Two is also a great book for advocating for yourself, no matter what level of ism or marginalization you go through. It is definitely that book that really shows you or empowers you to advocate for yourself. And last but not least, it shows you, empowers you how to uh, step outside of your comfort zone and walk in your purpose, whether that is that business, that book, that podcast. Um, that tutoring company, that school, that bookstore, no matter what it is, yes, it yes. definitely does empower you to do that because that's kind of where the book ends. I then, by the time the book ends, you kind of, like you said, like Jen Kofi, you got to look back in order to go forward. So that's the right. book does end just talking about um, why I did choose, one, the entrepreneurial route, and mm-hmm. two, why I, why I do choose to be a creative strategist and utilize my gift of visual storytelling for um, minority-owned businesses. Wow, that is amazing. Tell everybody before I have a couple more questions before we get ready to, you know, end our uh, just awesome conversation. Uh, So the first thing I want you to tell everybody is, you know, give give us a little bit more detail about what you do, uh, your being a creative strategist. And then I would like you to leave us with three ways in which uh, you would suggest to help people and help families start to develop that culture of literacy in their families. All right. So first tell us what you do and also tell it, give us the three strategies to help our families uh, develop. I think I'm going to do it the other way around. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking okay. of those two things right now. Girl, <laughs> do it how you want to do it, honey. All right. So first, um, utilize your library. They are still around. They're still hanging on tight and yep. they're still there for you. Um, additionally, they have, um, I can't think of their name right now, but they have online subscription options now for yeah. books, audiobooks. Um, and I say support the library and support those programs first. Don't bootleg the book. <laughs> that maybe that's <laughs> I know, book. right? Don't Please. bootleg any book. Don't do that. Because you are, it is group economics as well. No matter what book um, you are yeah. reading or listening to, it is group economics. So definitely utilize that to when you're supporting the community. Um, I recommend, you know, continuing to get books that gravitate towards you. Not not necessarily just because, oh, I, I love this. Just let me go ahead and buy a book. No, no, no. Oh. Is, it gonna, is it gonna support you? Is it gonna empower you? Is it gonna inspire you? Mm. Um, three, have those conversations. I think what happens now, we don't even talk about it. We don't like another aspect of communication and storytelling for me is that I was, um, both my mom and I are also avid movie watchers. And at the end of every movie, we would actually conversate about what we got out of that movie. Not just, do you remember that part? That part was so funny. Oh, you saw his joke? You saw that joke? No, we actually talked about like, you know what? I really appreciated the fact that we could actually learn something different about this. Or actually, Mm. I got emotional over this part because, you know, so having those kind of conversations um, around not just, you know, that, and that for me really helped me. Uh, I think I also throw in another book. There's a book that we mentioned in the book, but I also mention it now. Mm-hmm. It's called Teenage as a Second Language. So one, that book came out because just as the title said, that teen, when, when you're teenagers, if, if they want to talk to you, they're not going to understand what the heck they're saying. <laughs> so the book does literally translate that, but also it translates into that being uh, that emotional safety in order for them to want to tell mm-hmm. you what so I say all that um, uh, conversation, have a conversation, um, buy the books that will empower, inspire, educate you, and and get it from the library. Mm. 
All right. That's smooth. I love those strands. Those are awesome. Awesome, awesome, y'all. And now I want you to tell everybody what it is. Go get a little more detail, especially we got our young people out here. I want them to hear different, you know, career options. All right. So please tell everybody what, what you do. Yes. So I am a creative strategist. And so I empower minority-owned businesses to tell their stories uh, through digital media, through any realms of media, whether that is through podcasts, through books, through video, um, or through photography. And with that, that empowers um, minority-owned businesses as well to step outside of their comfort zone, choose entrepreneurship, take, take ownership of their purpose, and really live a life of ease and clarity. And so um, I've been an entrepreneur predominantly for um, uh, almost two decades now, <laughs> but um, uh, officially uh, over a decade and over a decade, I've helped you know over uh, three dozen just uh, minority-owned businesses to start and grow their business. And I do that through uh, workshops in person online, through my own podcast, through my own email list, and of course, through my books. I think I'll, I'll say, say plural, we're, we're, we're manifest that right now, plural books. Thank you. Um, and yeah, so books, podcasting, workshops, um, summits, and I also travel internationally, both for speaking and, and photography. So that anybody, literally visual storytelling by any means necessary. Wow, that is amazing. So y'all hear all of that, all of this dope stuff that you are doing. And let me let me add, you were you were born. What year were you born? Was it say ninety two? I was born in ninety two. Yeah, I thought I read that in the book. I was like, okay, here it is. I'm like graduating from high school, <laughs> and she was born. And you just like you came out the room running. <laughs> I mean, my God. I came early. Y'all. I came a whole month early. More yeah. fun times. I came a whole month early. I was supposed to be born on my brother's birthday, but instead mm-hmm. I wanted to be born on my brother's half-sister's birthday. <laughs> you said, no, nah, I'm going to have my own birthday, okay? I ain't about to be born on his birthday. I'm going to have my <laughs> own. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you are just doing just, just so many great things, honey. And you still still a, still a youngin', all right? Y'all just got it, you know, just so gorgeous and just, you're just doing it. And I am just absolutely proud of you. I thank you for sharing your story and your vulnerability, transparency, and you do it with such boldness. I, I, I just love it. And this is, again, this is what, not just our young people, you is like, you inspiring me. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just like, wow, man. I mean, so th- th- this is what, this is what's up. I love it. I absolutely love it. Can you, and this, this is it, I promise, last, last thing. I want you to tell us what books have, in, what books are you reading now and what books have inspired you? So this is like, it's, it's a question, but I got a couple, couple questions yeah. inside of one question. So ask, ask it again. I know it's two parts. Yes. Two part question. So what books, yep. So what books have inspired you and okay. then what book are you reading or books are you reading? right currently um there's so many books that have inspired me because i'm big on biographies i want to know how they made it through their tough time too so um there's so many books that have inspired me i think i'm gonna just leave that answer the second part yes (laughs) books that i'm reading right now that are really just gravitating towards me um i think similarly to um 
uh, all my life, now that I've, I've said this out loud and I realize that no matter what phase of life I am going to, those are the books that I gravitate towards. When yeah. I was married, I was reading all the relationship books. <laughs> when I was, um, you know, starting my business, I was reading all the business books. And so for me, because I'm at a different level where I've been in business for a while, it's like, okay, how can I really scale? A couple of the books that I'm reading, one is We Should All Be Millionaires by Rachel Rogers. It's Rogers with the uh, R-O-D-G-E-R-S. Okay. You should all be millionaires. Uh, another book that's um, gravitating toward me, although I am a Muslim woman, I gravitate towards any woman, especially Black women of faith. Yeah. So another book that I'm reading is called Believe Bigger by Marshawn Evans Daniels. Okay. Um, and... Like I said, there's a lot of books. So let me try yeah, to find more and more. Okay. Okay. That's say you think, um, that's There's a book that just came out. Okay. Um, and it's by Bozoma St. John. So she hmm. is she used, she used to work at Netflix and all of the most popular marketing companies. I can't think of it. The book Liddy Jack came out. Okay. <laughs> but but oh. almost St. John, look for that book. And she's of Ghanaian descent, but she starts off, although, you know, she's known if you Google her, you'll see all things marketing come up. But okay. her book is also a super powerful read or listen about adversity as well. She's gone through so much as well. And, and, and she did so well of just hiding it as a public figure. But okay. the book, the most recent book by Bozoma St. John. Nice. Wow. And that that's that's what I'm talking about. I have my guests do that so that again we can hear different titles, right? So I want everybody to get it's not no just one specific genre. You you all should be exposed to many different genres. And matter of fact, it makes me think about what Malcolm X uh said, uh, may Allah be pleased with him, how he said that uh, you know, read pretty much in a nutshell. He said, read everything you can get your hands on. Okay. He was, as we know, he was a voracious reader. It wasn't about, no, he just read one particular type of book. He was reading everything, which is actually brilliant. Why? Because then you get to hear or read about rather all different types of perspectives. All right. And even if there's a time where you may have to and you're maybe engaging in a debate or something like that, or talking about something, you can have knowledge you know, of that particular subject. So you can know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it makes sense, right? To just, just stay read up, okay? Period, point blank. Well, with all of that being said, Sakira, I thank you again for accepting the invitation to come on my podcast. And uh, I, I'm definitely looking forward to us having another conversation again. And what I would love for you to do is tell everybody where they can follow you and also where they can purchase your book. Y'all, you'll make sure y'all support this sister now. All right, go ahead. Tell everybody, please, where they can follow you. There you go. So do me a favor, hold the book up, and then I'll tell people yeah. exactly where they can find it. So you see that cover right there? Seeing Life Through a Different Lens, a survivor's memoir on overcoming adversity with resilience is on my website, first and foremost, ZakiraNayar.com um, forward slash books. It is also on Amazon. Uh, but again, support the author first because thatkiranayar.com forward slash book, uh, audio, paperback, and digital copy. It is also on Amazon, Google, Barnes and Noble, the whole bit. And then uh, you can also follow, um, I think uh, I think I said this on another podcast, but catch me if you can. <laughs> but you can also follow me on social media at Illuminous One. 
I-L-L-U-M-I-N-O-U-S-O-N-E, and that's actually Arabic for my middle name, which is Nayar. So you'll see, you, you may see some social media handles show up as Zakir Nayar. Um, and I just showed it because people can barely, if, if they're not of, 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 you know, people of faith, they, they always butcher Zakir anyway. So I'm just like, just Zakir Nayar, just remember this that. Is, yeah. <laughs> so, so you can find me there and... Um, Catch me in a city near you. I'm also working on in-person workshops that serve as one book signings, two uh, personal branding workshops, and three mindfulness um, exercises. So oh. come to the city near you. Yeah. Oh. First stop is Atlanta, Georgia. And then Ooh, um, we'll, we'll see when Ohio going to come out. Because I got any stop that I'm going, it's going to be family, too, because we're also working on, you know, a documentary. So we're, we're working on all things visual creative for this story. So by any means necessary. Honey, I mean, goodness, y'all. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> just the things you do. It's just like this. It's just so breathtaking. I love it. It's refreshing, empowering, amazing, phenomenal. All of those adjectives. You're doing a damn thing, Zakira, and I'm proud of you. And once again, I thank you for gracing us with your presence here on Real Reading Talk. Thank you for having me. <laughs> you are very welcome. And again, like I said, um, this was Zakira Nayar Mohammed. All right. And she is such a phenomenal sister. And please make sure you follow her. I am going to put uh, her social media handles in the description uh, so that you all can go ahead and make sure that you follow her immediately. And I'm going to put the link as well, Zakira, for them to purchase the book too. All right. So this was the episode of, what episode was this? Good Lord, I think this was episode six, y'all. That's a dang old show. Sure, I'll go back and figure it out. This season three, episode five or six, one of the two. Real reading talk. And I hope that you all enjoyed this episode, got much benefit. And please remember to keep reading for at least 30 minutes a day. And remember, reading is freedom. Thank you for listening. Peace. Well, what can I say, y'all? I told you all it was going to be some nuggets being dropped, okay? Zakira Nayar Muhammad. Please remember her name. When you think about um, giving up, please remember her name, okay? When you start doubting yourself, when you start thinking that, man, should I do this? Or I just got this hardship, oh my God. Please remember her name, okay? And, you know, she's a, still a young, so she's young in my eyes, okay? You know, she was, she's born, she was born when I graduated from high school, all right? So, and she's just putting out just phenomenal things. She understands her purpose. And so, as you all saw, that's why I had her on the show, all right? Because I want us all to get used to being around people who have a great mindset, people who are about trying to be the best version of, version of themselves, those are the type of people that I want you all to be inundated with when you all are listening to my podcast. So with all of that being said, uh, I hope you all gain much benefit uh, from this episode. Now, let's switch the gears. And I want to remind you all that I am a pre-K through fourth grade reading tutor. My reading tutoring business is entitled ABC learn tutoring and i'm also a certified dyslexia tutor yes indeed so if your child has been diagnosed with dyslexia yes i can help your baby all right and i also tutor online okay so you do not have to be from my hometown of cleveland 
if you are in Florida, all right, uh, wherever you are across the globe, as long as you got that, that internet, we good, okay? <laughs> so with all of that being said, uh, yeah, abclearntutoring.com is my website and click on that free reading assessment. Also, I am the founder and executive director of ABC Read, a nonprofit organization. I've uh, been in existence since 2014, gave over 5,000 books, y'all. Books that majority represent Black people, culture, experiences, history, okay? New or gently used for the whole family, all right? So check us out. Go to abcread.org. We are accepting donations all the time, okay? So you just click that donate button, help us out because we are still on our mission and we're gonna fulfill our mission, okay? Also, I have created a brand called Reading is Freedom, okay? And just like you all heard in the episode, right, where she said she's a descendant of Frederick Douglass, okay? And I'm always talking about once you learn to read, you will be forever free. Because that's what he said. That is why I started reading this freedom, okay? Let me, gotta, gotta show you all the shirt, of course. Bam, 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 okay? So please go to my store, readingthisfreedom.store. You can cop this, this one. I have other designs as well. So please go check it out, okay? Make sure that you are sharing this podcast. I'm on all the podcast pl uh, platforms, all right? So you got Google, Apple, all right, Spotify, yes. So you need to make sure that you are leaving uh, comments, also that you're sharing and giving some great reviews, y'all. Please make sure you do that. And um, I also wanna make sure that you subscribe to my YouTube channel, Reading is Freedom, okay? Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you leave comments. Make sure that you like. Make sure you hit the notification bell. All, all that stuff. You know we got to say all this stuff. It'd be like a mouthful, but you got to say this stuff, right? So, and last but not least, I just want to share, share with you all the books that I've been reading. Of course, I'm reading this book, Seeing Life Through a Different Lens. Hello? <laughs> no brainer, okay? A Survivor's Memoir on Overcoming Adversity with Resilience. And yes, I just started digging into it and that is what I'm getting already, okay? And you know, I'm always referring to this book here. Okay, post-traumatic slave syndrome. Okay, I got to keep that on deck. Deck in this book right here. All right. Born in Blackness, all right? Africa, Africans in the making of the modern world, 1471 to the Second World War, written by Howard W. French. All right. So I started reading this book and I think this book is important because of the fact we have to make sure that we stop starting our legacy with enslavement. Okay. So that's why this is needed. Okay. We have to learn about, um, the kingdoms, um, that were in Africa, this African civilizations. All right. These are the things that we have to know about, uh, that was going on pre-colonial. Colon uh, colonialism, okay, period, and imperialism, all right, so with all that being said, that's it, I believe this was episode six, um, I should have had it written down, sorry, um, uh, I did forget, but this is season three, I forget that, okay, I've been putting in that work with them episodes, okay, let me tell you, so with all of that being said, thank you all for listening, um, and make sure again that you subscribe, 
like, share, comment, all of that, because it's going to be on YouTube, all right? Thank you all for listening, and please make sure that you keep reading for at least 30 minutes a day, and remember, reading is freedom. The quote, once you learn to read, you will be forever free. Frederick Douglass. All right, y'all. I'm Miss Aisha. Peace.